What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Couch. And in today's episode, we are going to begin by recapping the college football week two slate. And then we're going to recap the NFL week one slate uh, with some power rankings and some things of that nature. So without further ado, here is Butsy Zwick and I recapping college football week two. All right. I'm here with Butsy Zwick. We're recapping college football week two. Uh, nothing extremely crazy happened. Um, there was some pretty fun outcomes, some fun games all over the place. It looked like the weather really messed things up. There was delays in about every game um, that I saw. There was NC State versus Notre Dame had to take a break. Uh, I believe Virginia Tech and Purdue, I think, um, they they had to take a break. There was a bunch of breaks um, throughout the entire game. Tennessee started late uh, because of the weather, so all over the place, um, there was a lot of stuff going on, a lot of breaks taken. However, still a good weekend of college football. Um, I think the headliner is Texas going in and beating uh, Alabama. On this pod, we gave that out as a play or a lean. Um, I, I gave out Texas plus seven and a half. I know Butsy gave out the same as well. And I believe Zwick uh, hopped in with that too. So uh, we all looked good with that one. Um Butsy, how did you feel about that Texas-Bama game? Well, I felt great, and it wasn't just because we had Texas spread. Uh, um, it felt great to be right about a take, you know, especially uh, one as, as as kind of interesting as that. I know a lot of people were on Bama too, uh, but Texas, man, they their offense is legit. Queen Eros is legit. Their receivers are sick. I don't care what you say. Texas is really good, and they have the opportunity and opportunity to finally win the Big 12, right? Um, we've been talking about how they should have been doing it now for, for a number of years. First it was two years ago. Then it was last year. Obviously Queen Rivers injury last year hurt them. But this year has been like, they were coming to this year as the big 12 favorites and they needed to just win the games they should and put together those big, big game wins. And they just did that uh, against Alabama, obviously. Uh, I think the bigger story, uh, obviously Texas played great, but Jalen Miller, as we were talking about, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm a little under the weather. Uh, before we were hopping on the pod, he was horrible. Um, I don't know what Bama does. I don't know if they go to a QB change, but just some horrible decision making. He threw some terrible, terrible interceptions that were just like, what, like, what, what did he see? What was going on? What was going through his head? So I don't know where Bama goes from here, QB wise. I know they had a um, a QB competition coming into the year, and they weren't even sure who was going to start Week One. So I don't know if they you know, are going to go to a different guy now, but Bama needs to, if they're going to want to stay in the college football playoff race, they can't lose another game. And I don't think that that will happen if they keep Jalen Miller or QB. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Alabama, now they're ranked 10th. Arguably, they should be ranked a little bit lower than 10th, even with that loss. Um, But yeah, Quinn Ewers, clearly the real deal. Clearly, Alabama has an issue with their quarterback personnel and their quarterback room in general. They seem less loaded on both sides of the ball. Um, their schedule coming up, just just you, you know from last year, but see, I love doing the schedules. But uh, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Texas A and M, Arkansas, Alabama, LSU, Kentucky, Chattanooga, Auburn. They play South Florida uh, this next week, but that's a hard schedule. And those are all teams where when you're the giant in the room, uh, people are going to try and look at you, and they're people are going to play up for that game. I know. Tennessee Bama is like one of the biggest games of the year for Tennessee, no matter how good anyone is. So all of these teams are trying to kill you. And I think Alabama is very vulnerable right now, as we saw. Um, and we did see Texas be able to 
take advantage of that. Uh, to use now, Zwick, did you think Texas is legit after that performance? Yeah, I do. And I was really, really impressed with Quinn Ewers, the way he, you know, kind of went into Tuscaloosa and thought he played a fantastic game. I know he had one really impressive throw on the deep touchdown. And I thought that he would look comfortable, you know, in a very uncomfortable environment and a place that not a lot of young quarterbacks look comfortable. And so I was really impressed with him. And on the flip side, I know Butsy talked about it, but yeah, Jalen Milrow looked very uncomfortable and very confused out there. I mean, completed under 50% of his passes and threw two backbreaking picks when Alabama was trying to get back into the game. So this Texas team is dangerous. Quinn Ewers is the real deal. And Xavier Worthy, their wide receiver one, is really, really good. So I like I like this Texas team going forward. And I'm, on the flip side, don't like this Bama team going forward that much. I was wrong about them. And Texas is legit. Yeah. Um. All right. What's the next game you guys want to talk about? Do you want to talk about Notre Dame, NC State? Do you want to talk about Ole Miss, Tulane? Do you want to talk about do Miami, Texas, and Am? Right, yeah, let's talk about Ole Miss, Tulane for a little bit. Yeah. So I highlighted this one um, in the preview because this is one of the, this is what I thought was going to be one of the more fun games of the year. Uh, the for, side note, Tulane's uh, field is freaking awesome. I didn't know how nice their field looked. Um, it looked amazing. I was really impressed with it. Uh, but yeah, this was a great Jersey matchup. This was a great two offenses that are just a ton of fun to watch. Um, Ole Miss is down early. Uh, I'm thinking that they're not going to win. Um, and I had given out. Ole Miss minus seven uh, with the over of 66 and a half for this one. And I'm I, I'm not going to lie. I was a little nervous. However, second half rolls around. They turn it around. They start getting the running game a little bit going a little bit better. Um, they start chinking away at uh, old, or two lanes, rather, defensive line and their secondary. And they're able to, you know, get some points on the board and get the win here. Um, in the beginning, Jackson Dart was really stifled by that two lane uh, front seven. He was not getting as much rushing as we were used to, but still um, that oh that over that I gave out 66 and a half did not hit. It was close, but no cigar. Um, still, I thought a really fun game, one of my favorite games of the weekend to watch. And we can go down to you, Zwick. Um, how do you feel about both of these teams and how do you feel about the game in general? I mean, yeah, I was impl- I was impressed with Ole Miss. I mean, they really came back and stepped it up in the fourth quarter. They obviously they scored 20 points in the fourth quarter, and this was a high high total and so the offense was flying around and almost looked good i mean you could say that this is sort of inferior competition in tulane but they're they're 24th in the country you know this these are two really really good teams and two teams that could certainly be playing in big bowl games this year yeah tulane's also been on the rebound the last year they won the bowl game like we like butsy mentioned in the preview and they're there you can tell that um i mean the crowd was rocking even though it's a bit of a smaller program the crowd was still there and very inspired. And even the announcers were mentioning that um, it's a, it was a full house for the first time in a while. And uh, they said, I think they had a line like two or three years ago, you would have never imagined it being this filled. So um, their team is definitely, you know, on the up and up and they're a really good program and they have good history as a program. So I always like when Tulane is good. Uh, but see, how did you feel about this old Miss performance? And were you scared for a bit there? I was impressed. I I thought the way that they were able to hang in there uh, and kind of stick to what they were doing um, and and eventually they were able to break the game open. I thought that was really impressive. Uh, A lot of teams, when 
you know, shit's not going right. They're not able to to kind of figure it out mid game. Usually they might have like a bounce back week, but it's tough to figure it out mid game. But Ole Miss was definitely the better team. Uh, they were, you know, well-deserved be favorites coming into the game. And I actually was able to watch a great amount of this game. And I was impressed with how they hung in there. Uh, a lot of teams kind of would have maybe possibly folded uh, in a way, in a, in a hostile environment. Obviously their crowd is, is sold out, but it's still not, you know, like the big, big schools in the, like the SEC. It's not like an SEC stadium, but still. Uh, Tulane is still a good team. Um, I'm pretty sure they've fallen out of the rankings after this week. Obviously they were 24th, but they're still a decent football team. Uh, I don't know if they'll get a ton of opportunities to kind of, you know, shine again and 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 earn their top 25 spot again. Uh, just kind of looking at their schedule here. They don't really play anybody that's that impressive late in the season. Uh, they play at Memphis, home against UAB, like these teams that they're playing at East Carolina. So they're not playing a ton of, you know, high-octane opponents. So it's going to be tough for them to get back in the top 25. But like like Swick said, I still think that they're deserving of a of a decent sized bowl game uh, come the end of the season, but I I think this is more about Ole Miss's ability to uh, respond to adversity, and and how they're able to overcome that. Uh, I think this is a big momentum win for them, and it gives them a lot of confidence going into the rest of the uh, SEC games that they have coming up. Okay, let's go down to Texas A and M versus Miami now. Uh, Trevor Van Dyke goes fully off. He throws twenty one for thirty for 374 yards and five touchdowns on route to a victory over Texas A&M. This was a play I forgot to give out. Uh, I'm not giving myself any credit, but I did see a stat that um, the Aggies have lost seven games as a home or yeah, they're home favorites, I believe. So um, they were road dogs, road, road, road favorites, road, road favorites. favorites, rather, sorry, road favorites as road favorites. And um, so there's a little bit of a trend there. Make that eight games now um, in this era under Jimbo and they have a lot of issues. And I mean, this is just one of those things where people were really worried about buying talent and, you know, you can buy talent, but the Aggies have a ton of talent on this off on this roster in general. They had um, a top recruiting class this year and last year, but they have not been able to get it put together at all. And I don't know if this says more about Miami or if it says more about Texas A&M and the issues that they have going on over there. But there's got to be some questions raised here because Texas A&M, they, they have another uh, decently hard schedule. And I know the people down there are not going to be uh, happy with anything other than a bowl game. And they, they want to win it all. They think they can win a national championship um, games like these. You cannot lose. And they lost obviously. So I I'm, I'm scared for the program. I'm raising the alarm here because I mean, Last year, we had some questions about it. And I mean, this year, losing to Miami in the way that they did as favorites is not a good look in a really half-empty stadium um, in Miami. Um, for the Canes now, they look really solid. Obviously, Trevor Van Dyke with five touchdowns. This offense is really fun. Uh, they get, they're get high octane, and they're very fast. Um, but see, do you think that Miami is a legit, uh, at least you know maybe out-fringe contender? I'm not buying the hype yet. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not. I'm not buying the hype yet. Like, if you want to think about the other teams in the ACC, do I think they're gonna put up a game against Florida State? Probably. But do I think Florida State would probably still win by two scores? Yes. Uh, I think this was more about a And M. I think this told us a lot about what a And M is. Uh, and that's a pretty decent offense behind just an awful, awful defense. Uh, I had a And M in this game, but their defense, to be fair, uh, was really good last week, but they weren't really tested against University of New Mexico because New Mexico kind of stinks. 
Um, Miami's offense isn't great. It's not like a top offense in the country, and they made Texas A&M's defense look pretty trash. Um, I think the biggest takeaway is uh, the quarterback for A&M had two picks. Uh, he was 31 for 53 with 336, which is pretty impressive, but two touchdowns and two picks. So uh, the two extra possessions that they gave Miami, uh, they they capitalized on. And they were in bad positions uh, when A&M was still trying to fight back in the game, and they had a chance he would throw an interception and Miami would capitalize. So uh, I, I think A&M has a lot of questions on the defensive end, and I don't think that they're in a really, really good spot going forward. Um, in the SEC, I really feel like they're comparable to an, uh, an Ole Miss. When it comes to kind of like where they rank in the SEC and in their standings, and right now I would I would take Ole Miss over A and M in a heartbeat after what I saw at A and M last week or on Saturday rather, uh, they just let Miami pretty much do whatever they wanted on offense, and that's just not going to get it done. Uh, like I said, their offense is still pretty solid. They put up thirty three points, but two tough picks uh, when they were working back in the game. So um, I really really hope that. A&M can, can tighten up that defense because they're going to have a really, really long season if they can't. Are you buying the Miami hype? No, not really. I'm not really moved by this win just because their defense, you know, is a big issue. Um, Trevor Van Dyke seems to be a really good player, but, you know, I don't really – great quarterback can lead a great um, offense, but as a whole team, I don't love – you know what they're doing. Texas A&M's defense was not even close to impressive at all. So, let alone their offense. So, I'm not buying either of these teams to make much noise, especially later in the season. So, yeah. Um. Okay. Let's go now to Nebraska versus Colorado. This one was, I mean, quite the performance for Colorado. However. I'm not really giving them much credit on this win. This this loss was squarely on Nebraska's offense and their inability to score and hold on to the football. They had four fumbles. Three of them were lost. Two of them were by Jeff Sims, their quarterback, who also had an interception. He is a bad quarterback, just straight up. Um, I know it's always early to kind of write people off. I, th- I feel pretty comfortable writing him off as not a great quarterback. Um, and, yeah, Colorado gets off to a very slow start in the first half. They kind of turn it on eventually. Most of that brought on by uh, the special teams unit and the defense. Um, yeah, Nebraska, if they their defense was so good that they really were giving issues to uh, Colorado. And, I mean, they were they were getting after uh, Shudder Sanders there. So um, I was not very impressed with Colorado in this game. And I – I think that they are there are they are vulnerable and I think there is a weakness and um I think they're starting to become almost a little bit too hyped. I don't want to take away too much from this program and from this win, but I mean this Nebraska team was like Iowa last year levels of bad on on, on the offensive end. Um I think Butts even alluded to that in the preview. And they it was it was pretty rocky there. The 36-14 final score does not tell the whole story of this game because um, for a while there, it was very close, and Nebraska had way more opportunities. They would get right down to the red zone and just seemingly fuck it up every time. Um, so a much more polished team will uh, go after Colorado. Um, that being said, good win for uh, Dion, and you can see his effect already in the stands. It was a packed-out stadium, which is always great for college football, and it's awesome what he's doing there in Colorado. Um, but I feel like we have to be very critical or more critical towards them because people are talking about them like they're the top team in the country right now. Um, so, yeah, without 
let, let's bring it over to you, Butts, because I want to hear what you have to think about that one. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I, I'm, a, I'm, oh, whoa, English is hard. I'm definitely a lot higher on Colorado than you are, Max. Um, yeah, I Nebraska is a sick defense. Like that's just, uh, that's just a fact. I think their defense is really good, but it's really difficult to get stops on a high octane Colorado offense when they're on the field pretty much the entire game. It felt like, because uh, their offense was incapable of moving the football. Um, trying to pull up the stats here for time of possession. Uh, Colorado had the – well, it was actually pretty even. Colorado was on the field for 30 minutes and 19 seconds. Uh, Nebraska had the ball for 29 minutes and 41 seconds. But it literally felt like whenever Nebraska was on the field, they would find a way to not be able to advance the ball and get first downs. They obviously had the one big play where uh, they came down and, and their quarterback, Sims, had a, like a 45-yard rushing touchdown. And they actually had Colorado on like a third and ten, and it felt like if Nebraska had gotten that that stop, that momentum would have shifted the other way. Uh, so I, I, you know, props to Colorado for for getting that, you know, big play on third and ten. I think it was to, it wasn't to Travis Hunter, it was to the other receiver deep down the field. I think on the right sideline, but it was still a great play. Um, I think Colorado's legit. I, I think their offense is really good. I think their defense is going to have questions all year. So I don't feel like that's anything new. That's nothing that, you know, we didn't talk about last week against TCU or TCU still put up like 42 or whatever it was. So I'm I'm higher on Colorado than you are, but do I still think that they're like a contender or, you know, one of the best teams in the country? No. Uh, I, I think like definitely like a more polished team would definitely give them a lot more trouble than Nebraska. Uh, I mean, any capable offense should be able to score against Colorado. It's just can can Colorado be stopped on offense? And Nebraska did for a long time. They held up for as long as they could. But when you can't move the ball, man, it's 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 tough. It's tough to stop that high that high of an octane offense. I mean, their quarterback Sims threw the ball fifteen times. He went nine for fifteen with one hundred and six yeah. yards, a pick, two sacks. I mean, he was just horrific. And it's really just it's tough. Uh, it's tough for Nebraska. Nebraska's in a really really bad place. They're going to be a really bad program for a long time. But. Um, yeah, I'm definitely higher on Colorado than you are, and and I think that Colorado is a decent football team, and they definitely have a chance to win the Pac-12. Uh, I don't know if they'll beat USC, but I think that'll be probably one of the highest scoring football games uh, that we'll ever watch. I don't think Nebraska will be long bad for a long time. I mean, Matt Rule's good. They have good, solid. Like they already have a great defense. They just need to figure out this offense. Um, and I think I think they're still trying to. They're in transitional year. I mean, uh, not every new coach is as dynamic as Dion and can come in and change a program as well and as big as he's done it. So um, I think Nebraska, it's going to take a little bit of time, but I do think there is at least something there with that team. Um, but yeah, Zwick, what did you take away from this game? I like Colorado a lot. I think Shador Sanders is a real deal. And I think Dion Sanders just kind of, you know, flipped the culture around in Colorado. And I think that's more important than we think. I think that's a really big deal because the players want to play for them and they see how much he motivates them and they just want it that much more. And so obviously Travis Hunter is this incredibly talented generational player. And that team just, it just seems like they're buzzing right now. It seems like they got it figured out. I know maybe once they play a more talented group of teams, then it could get hairy, but right now this team is buzzing. They have all the confidence in the world and I think when you have all the confidence in the world, you you overachieve and you kind of play up to your competition and maybe even beat them, beat higher comp competitive teams. So 
I like Buffalo or the Buffaloes, Colorado a lot. So Nebraska just fucking sucks on offense. They don't move the football at all. It's so excruciatingly hard to watch, um, kind of like Butsy said. But Shador Sanders is legit. He is a really special player, and I'm excited to watch him and continue this season because it seems like a magical run so far for Colorado. Um, do you want to go to your team now, getting the big win over Pitt? Uh, I, I I was happy for you. Um, how did you feel about that game? I was shocked. They they played very well. Um, Emory Jones played very well. Corey Kiner, the running back, had a really good game, and the defense balled out. Um, it got really really kind of sticky in the second half. Uh, I think Pitt scored like fifteen or f- fourteen or fifteen unanswered. And really made it close towards the end, but they got a big stop on fourth down um, with about five minutes left to really seal the deal. And they played well and they played, you know, up to their competition. I think they were like eight and a half point underdogs. So it's a surprising win, but I love it. And I think that this team could be better than maybe even I'm thinking. So, yeah. Um. All right. And then, yeah, Tennessee played Austin PA. Uh, I was scared as fuck because they did not come out to a hot start. To be fair, um, I don't know if you guys watched any of this game, but Austin PA came out and didn't play, didn't run a single normal play the entire game, basically. Um, and at least for the first quarter, there was not one normal punt. There was what not one normal play. Um, there was no normal run plays. They were all like a flea flicker or something nuts. They had, um, I think the first play they came out with like a double pass. Um, Everything was insane. I haven't seen an offense like that. They came out extremely hype, and Tennessee just looked flat. Um, Joe Milton was wasn't allowed to go yard. It seemed like he they were kind of keeping him stunted, and he was missing a lot of open throws. The receivers were dropping everything. Um, the defense was really confused most of the time with what Austin PA was doing, and it was one of uh, it was a pretty rough performance for Tennessee. Um, I, I was actually afraid towards the end there, not towards the end, but like towards halftime, I was actually starting to get a little, a little afraid. Um, just felt like they couldn't get the momentum game going rather. And, um, the, this was one of the worst ref games I've ever seen. Uh, the refs were missed a ton of calls not to be that guy, but they really fucked up some big and very easy calls, which, um, really hurt Tennessee as well. And Austin PA was a little bit, not a little bit, they were pretty dirty. Um, they injured a couple of our players. So, um, yeah, not this was kind of the antithesis of what I wanted to happen. I wanted it to be like a pretty relaxing blowout, get Nico some playing time and kind of chill. Uh, it was not that at all. I left this was with a lot more questions. And now I'm actually afraid going into, into Florida in the swamp. I know Florida is not a great program right now, but it's hard to play in the swamp. And Tennessee did not play well. So. Yeah, that was my recap from that Tennessee game. Uh, are there any other college football games that you guys wanted to talk about, or should we go to the NFL now? Yeah, Oregon, Texas Tech. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. Let's hear that it. That was an absolutely incredible game. Uh, I had the over there, which was 70 or 69 and a half, and it came up a point and a half short, which hurt. Uh, but Oregon was able to score late, big time. Um, they kicked their field goal to go up one with a minute 14 left and then the pick six late for one of the greatest covers that we've ever seen with 45 seconds left. Uh, so I think Oregon is good. I really do. I think Texas tech is solid too. Um, but I really feel like Bo Nix, this could be like 
finally finally be his year. Uh, 32 for 44, 360 yards with two touchdowns, nine rushes with 46 yards. He looked really good. Uh, this Oregon offense, obviously very, very high octane. Uh, and I, I thought their defense did did enough. Uh, it's not great. Um, none of the Pac-12 defenses seem to be that great, to be honest. No. Uh, they're not really known for the defense. They're definitely more known for their offense. But uh, if Bo Nix is this legit, Oregon has a really big chance to make some noise this year. Uh, if they could beat USC, I actually don't even know if they play USC. Maybe they play USC in the... Oh, they do play Colorado uh, Saturday, September 23rd. So that's going to be a ginormous game for both programs uh, and how their season is going to pan out. And then they pay, uh, play Washington, who's number eight in the country, WASU, uh, Utah. Wow, they actually have a very, very difficult schedule. But if Oregon can find a way to lose one game uh, going into that USC game on Saturday, November 11th, which they are hosting, and they beat USC and they win the Pac-12 championship, uh, you will see this team in the college football playoff. Do I think it's likely? No. Do I think it's very doable for Bo Nix and the Ducks? Yes. So I'm I'm buying the Bo Nix hype. Um, I know I said that after last week's recap as well, but I'm I'm all in on Bo Nix and the Ducks, and I, I think they definitely have a big chance to win the Pac-12. And if they do, that would be just ridiculous. It would be very, very, very impressive for this team to do so because – they have to dodge a lot of bullets in what's an absolutely stacked conference, which is really sad that it's their last year as a as a conference because of the realignment shit, because they have so many ranked teams right now, so many top 25, top 15 teams in the country. Uh, and, and the fact that they're disbanding kind of hurts. But uh, if they're able to win the Pac-12, that would be an incredible feat. I think it's possible. I don't think it's likely, um, but I'm, I'm I'm high on them at the moment. Yeah, I'm not I'm not giving out any takes about Bo Nix because I've been wrong about him every single year, and I think he's just so hard to figure out. But maybe maybe you're right, but um, yeah, Zwick, how did you feel about this game? I I like Oregon, and I think that like Butsy said, they're a really really good team, but they play in a really really good conference with USC and Oregon State is good, um, Washington and Utah. So I just don't see them coming out of this of this conference. I think Utah is better, and I think obviously I think USC is better. So I don't really see them making much noise. But Bo Nix really really played well. Um, it seemed like he, you know, well not seemed like he did struggle a lot at Auburn the past couple of years, and it seems like he kind of found a a home sort of and. Played playing really well now. So this Oregon team is dangerous. This offense is really, really good. Obviously, the defenses in the Pac-12 aren't great, but if they can find a way to, you know, beat the other teams in the Pac-12, which I don't really see happening, then they can make some noise. Definitely. Yeah. It's gonna be interesting to see how it works out. I wish um it was this year that they were doing the whole um, you know bigger playoff format because i think there's a lot of teams and it feels a lot more wide open than ever i mean uh georgia's still at the top probably but i think maybe usc can give them their money because give them a run for their money because they're looking really solid with caleb williams and i i don't know i don't think it's as cut and dry as past years so um yeah hopefully we get a better week three uh there was some fun games but the slate wasn't that good um, but yeah, let's let's take a break and then come back and talk some NFL. And here we are with our first in-season NFL segment. 
The NFL is officially back. We have completed a full Sunday slate of games, a Thursday night game. It's currently Monday night at 7.52. We're going to miss the beginning of the Jets-Bills game. But we saw a phenomenal Sunday of football yesterday. We got a lot to talk about. We're going to start with uh, America's team, the New England Patriots. So, <laughs> Butsy, Butsy yeah. what were your initial reactions to what we saw? Pats lost 25-20. So, uh, I, I, overall, I feel I, I have very positive, positive vibes about this team. Um, positive energy towards this team. We slowed down one of the best offenses in the league with some of the best weapons in the league. Um, I, I there's definitely a few things you have to patch up. You have to limit the mistakes. The Zeke fumble, the Mac Jones pick six. Uh, those two things never happened. This game could have gone differently. Uh, New England was not able to limit the turnovers in the first half, but, um. Uh, this was a big grit test for this team, in my opinion. Uh, they responded really well after going down 16 nothing. And and if I'm being honest, I wasn't feeling great yesterday. So I fell asleep when this team went down 16 nothing. I was like, all right, I'll watch the first Patriots drive. And it ended in the Mac Jones pick six. So I was like, that's fucking, that's, that's, that's tough. I'm going to go take a nap. I uh, woke up and it was 14 16. Then I had some incredible uh, belief in this team. And then all the events that transpired in the fourth quarter, uh, we have to get better. Uh, down the stretch, there's no doubt about it. We have to get better at scoring uh, when we have like the two minute drills and stuff like that. Uh, the thing with this team is, I love our defense. I think the play calling was immensely better, and I and I we knew that it was going to be better going in, but I didn't think it was going to be this good. I was very very impressed with Billy Ob and how he was able to manage the game on the offensive side yesterday. Uh, this offense looked completely rebuilt and and really really impressive, but I. Our weapons are still only going to take us so far, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. Our receivers, our receivers struggled. Kendrick Bourne was fucking awesome yesterday. Uh, he seemed to just be open all the time. I loved what he had to offer, but you know, you look at who's behind Kendrick Bourne. It's Hunter Henry, this guy Douglas, and then Gasecki, Juju. I mean, a lot of guys got targets and 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 catches, but I mean, it's just not. You don't have your your dominant weapons that are going to take over games like a lot of the powerhouse teams in the AFC have. Uh, this guy Butte, uh, yeah. Kayshawn Butte, he's got to learn to get both feet in bounds. If he gets if he if he can learn that this isn't college and this is the NFL, uh, and you have to have two feet in bounds for it to be a catch, Patriots could be legit, and we and we arguably could have won that game if he just got both his feet down on arguably one of the uh, one of his catches yesterday. He had four targets, no catches. Uh, and two oh. of those were because he couldn't get his feet in bounds. But overall, I feel really positively about this team. I think they're on the up and up for sure. Um, I didn't think we were going to look this good. I, I really feel like we we really stepped up and in, in, in a big moment uh, and played very very well. We went we just went toe to toe with one of the best teams in the NFL, probably the best team in the NFC. I know we'll get to the other teams later, but uh, we definitely just went toe to toe with one of the best teams in the NFC and arguably could have won that game. So. I feel very, very good right now. Very good. Yeah. The thing that jumped out to me was the play calling. Like you mentioned, I was like, oh my God, we have plays. We have, we're, we're like, we have some aggressiveness. We have some sense of purpose on offense. Uh, we, there was one like third and three where we ran up the middle and I had a PTSD flashback. But other than that, like, you're right. The play calling was really good. There was motion. Guys were actually getting open. Mac yeah. looked solid. Zwick, you're our resident Mac Jones hater. What did you make of his performance and how the Patriots looked overall? 
I thought he looked good. I was impressed with Mac Jones, aside from, you know, the pick six, the overthrow that Darius Slade took back. But I thought he looked good. I thought he looked comfortable, uh, you know, which was an uncomfortable situation against probably the best D-line in the league. So I thought he looked good, and the play calling was definitely better. Um, There was definitely more, you know, aggression and more sense of urgency to move the ball down the field. And I was impressed with Kendrick Bourne. I'm impressed with Hunter Henry. Definitely not impressed with Juju. But yeah. I thought it I thought the the pitcher's offense looks like it it could be on the on the come up. Definitely. And our run game wasn't anything special, which like we mentioned with this Eagles D line, could have been expected. Um and I, I kind of talked about last game that the run game might struggle. But going forward, I think the run game is going to be significantly improved. I thought Zeke looked fine. I thought other than the fumble, he played fine. And him and Ramondre are actually going to be a decent one-two punch. Ramondre hopefully doesn't have to carry the entire load of this offense like he did last year. And then the defense, like giving up 25 points to the Eagles and seven of those points being a pick six. So our defense gave up, what, 18, something like that. Um that's really impressive. I thought Gonzalez looked good. Uh, the The Eagles had, what, one dominant drive where it ended with the Devontae Smith touchdown, really, the whole game. And other than that, like, they were struggling to move the ball up and down the field. So I think this Pats defense is legit. The offense is far improved from last year. So I don't know, man. Sneaky AFC East contenders, Zwick? Yeah. No? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. No, no the, the two AFC East contenders are playing tonight, so. Wow, but the Dolphins maybe, aren't. Maybe the Dolphins will get to that. <laughs> Tua, Tua impressed me. Yeah, I, I agree. Tua, honestly, QB tiers coming out later this week. Tua will see a significant jump in, in his mm. tiers. Uh, let, let's talk about the Dolphins game a little bit because... Oh. Yeah, oh, sorry, ahead, before, awesome. before we move on, I have, a, I have a trivia question for you guys. Mm. Uh, what do you guys think Mac Jones is um, the most attempts that passing attempts that he had in the game last year. Guess what it was? Mm, Probably really low. (laughs) I don't know. What? It was was 40. It was 40. 40. In week 18. Okay? In week 18, he had 40 pass attempts. In week one of the NFL season with the new OC, he had 54 pass attempts. Let him lose. 54 pass attempts. He wanted to fucking throw the football. He's been begging to throw the football. For ever since we drafted him, and now he's got the opportunity to throw the ball, and he looked fucking unbelievable. Expect Mac Jones to keep throwing 45 plus times a game throughout the whole season. Uh, I, I thought he looked really, really good. Three touchdowns in the bad pick, but 35 for 54 for 316. You take away the pick six, that's a really, really stellar performance against that Eagles defense. Yeah, the. The O-line actually held up better than I thought, too. I thought he was going to be running for his life and getting sacked all day. Uh, they gave up two sacks. But, yeah, Mac looked comfortable. He had enough time. 54. I didn't realize he had 54 pass attempts. That's a, That actually really surprises me. All right. Let's go to what was an unbelievable game with the Dolphins and the Chargers. This was a shootout. Butsy had this over from, like, a week ago. He was this thing was locked in on his card. He was he was all in on this. So and and it panned out. Obviously, Dolphins end up winning thirty six to thirty four. I'm going to talk about the Chargers a little later, but let's talk about the Dolphins for now. So Tua twenty eight of forty five, four hundred sixty six yards, 
466 yards. That's ridiculous. Three touchdowns, one pick, was not sacked. Tyree Kill, 11 catches, 215 yards, two TDs, including a game-winning touchdown. So none of us were really super high on the Dolphins going into this year. Zwick, did the Dolphins kind of sway you a little bit? Are they fringe contenders to you at this point? I mean, they they looked like they could beat anyone with that offense. Absolutely fringe contenders. I'd even say they're flirting with being a legit contender. Tua is Isn't good. that what a fringe contender is? I guess you'd say that. I'd say they're <laughs> in between fringe contender and real contender. So above fringe, okay. below real. I like it. But Tua, Tua impressed me yesterday. I thought he made some strong, confident throws. Um, he wasn't – the competition was inferior. The Chargers secondary is absolutely abysmal. J.C. Jackson got absolutely destroyed by Tyreek Hill. I mean, to be fair, in his defense, everyone gets destroyed by Tyreek Hill. But, God, he was awful. And I know he got benched in the second half. But Tua looked great. I thought, I mean, you go for 460 and three touchdowns, you're going to look pretty good. So, and, and also, like, big moments. Like, yeah, stepped up exactly. in the pocket, under pressure, delivered a dime down the sideline to, I don't know who, probably Tyreek, because it was always Tyreek. And then, obviously, the the fade to Tyreek at the end could not have been, like, more perfectly thrown. It was it looked like a handoff, the way it landed in, in Tyreek's hands. Like, it, that was one of the most well-placed in, in most big-time throws of the day. Butsy, what did you make of the Dolphins? Are they uh, skyrocketing up your power rankings, or is this more of a, a Chargers just they have the stench? Uh, both. It, it, both, in my opinion. As as we, is, is, you know, re, is, is giving the reeking symbol. Yeah, they, they kind of do have a stench. Um, J.C. Jackson, besides getting torched, like everyone gets torched, there I saw a post on Instagram today. There was maybe three or four plays where he just gave minimal effort after the ball was caught. So Tyreek Hill or Waddle would make a catch and JC Jackson would just give up on the play. Like that's probably the reason that he got benched was just his lack of effort. Like he didn't put any kind of effort into making a play after he gave up a catch. He, it was would be a 10-yard gain that would turn into a 25-yard gain because JC Jackson wouldn't fucking try after uh, the receiver would catch the ball. So he looked really bad. The Chargers... That's the stench. I mean, it's not even like an injury stench anymore. That's just, it's like, <laughs> is it an effort stench? I don't know what it is, but. Staley it's, stench. It's yeah, but it's difficult to say like the Chargers didn't play great because they still put up a shit ton of, what did they put up? 34, Yeah, right? They put up 34 points. Like they still played really, really good football throughout the whole game. It's just their defense couldn't do anything. And uh, But I think this is what we're going to see from the Dolphins every game on offense because how do you stop Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle? And we, you know, Last year before the Tua injury, people were saying how this Dolphins team could be legit. And it, it was one of those things that we never got to see how it could pan out. Tua, fully healthy, man, this team is really scary. And, you know, not to mention that they're adding Jalen Ramsey back in a couple weeks when he comes back from injury. Like, this team is is terrifying. I'm really dreading going to Miami now to watch this game, to watch the Patriots-Dolphins game down there this uh, in a couple weeks. That's going to really, really suck because I think the Pats are going to get smacked uh, because we already don't play well down there. Plus, I think the Dolphins are whatever between fringe contender and real contender is. I don't know what – I don't know <laughs> yeah, they're, how – they're that what, good. They're that good, but I don't know how you – like, what do you what, – what do we give that title? Like, kind of, sort of, maybe a contender? Like, I'm not I'm not really too sure. Uh, but I, I think the Dolphins are real legit. Um 
their weapons are unmatched, and that honestly opens up the run game for Mostert. Uh, he had a few, few yeah. decent runs yesterday. He looked, uh, he looked really good, and he's obviously very, very talented. So I think that I, I, I'm just trying to think of ways to slow this team down. Yeah. I, and I, I'm, not, I'm kind of blanking at the moment. This way, did you, you have guys, something to add, or should I talk about my beloved yeah, Chargers? Do you guys shirt? remember what Ryan Clark said about Tua like a couple weeks ago, how he was kind of shitting on him, and he was saying um, – Tua doesn't look like he lifted in the offseason. <laughs> yes. Kind of small. Well, today on ESPN, Brian Clark said, Tua is a dog. He's kind of tired of people talking about him, and he's a grown man. So I don't know what Ryan Clark, why he thinks that he can just say this all of a sudden now, but apparently yeah, after Tua calling is a dog. him fat. <laughs> yeah. So apparently Tua is a dog, and – he stepped up yesterday, so that's all I'll say about Tua. But I'm, I yeah. believe in the Dolphins right now. Especially Props to Tua. It was uh, it was maybe a little more than jujitsu that he was working on in the offseason. He he looks like he took a step uh, throwing the ball. So, all right, we're going to move on to a little segment called Where I Was Right and Where I Was Wrong. And I'm going to start with Where I Was Wrong because it's a perfect transition to the Chargers. The Chargers, on our first edition of Zwick's NFL power rankings. I I had them in my sixth slot. Um and the offense, honestly, the, the reason it was that high was because I'm a Justin Herbert believer. I'm a Kellen Moore believer. And the offense looked exactly how I imagined it. It was fast paced, up tempo, unpredictable. They finally gave Herbert some help with the play calling. I thought he looked great. Eckler and Keller Kelly uh ran wild. They had 234 rushing yards as a team on top of 228 through the air from Herbert 34 points like we mentioned so the the offense was as advertised and then we get to the defense which (laughs) we've talked about a little bit but this was one of the most disappointing performances for me personally because I was so high on this team going in the season and I don't want to take credit away from the Dolphins because Tyreek played one of the best single games that a receiver's ever played but my god the Chargers could not cover anything and J.C. Jackson, the, the pass interference at the end of the first half where Tua literally threw it into triple coverage because there was no time left and it didn't matter. And J.C. Jackson just shoves the receiver in the back for no reason at all. Didn't even make the pick. He just shoved the receiver, puts the Dolphins in field goal range and gives up three points at the end of the half. I mean, J.C. Jackson was a guy who was really good for a couple of years on the Pats and like when I'm going through the, the Chargers depth chart this year, I was like, oh, my God, they have J.C. Jackson. They have Asante Samuel. They have Joey Bosa, Eric Kendricks now. And Derwin James was already there. I was like, damn, like maybe I got sucked into the to the big names on the defense because these guys are not as good as I thought. J.C. Jackson, especially. But I mean, final takeaway on the Chargers. I I'm not all out. I'm not selling all of my stock, um, but it would be impossible for me to have them in my top six after giving up 466 passing yards and 36 points, even if it is to a really explosive offense. But yeah, I, uh, that's where I was wrong. Let me go to where I was right. Green Bay Packers, baby. I gave them out as a bet last week. They were uh plus two when I gave them out. I think they ended up plus one. LaFleur was in his bag uh, without Aaron Rodgers, As I predicted, no more butting heads. This was LaFleur's offense. Jordan Love looked like a real quarterback. Three touchdowns, no picks. Made some really nice throws. He throws a really pretty ball. Uh, just a side note, not that that matters. But 
They they basically had good field position all day. The Bears defense was as bad as all of us thought, and and Green Bay's defense was even better than I thought. So four sacks and a pick six. Green Bay looked legit. They they have a chance to win this division, as I predicted. That's where I was right and where I was wrong. Butsy, is Matt Eberflus still going to be the coach of the year? Yeah, no, uh, no, I'm, really, I'm willing to sell that already. Um, I, you're not going to be defined by one game, guys. You know, we're, we're, nope. you're not. But you're giving up 38 points to Jordan Love, who it's like, what, his third career start? Maybe second career start, second. something like that? Yeah. Second career start? Yeah, yeah, that that was messy. Uh, I It really exposed Chicago's defense. Uh, that was a very, very tough, tough loss. Um, yeah, I... Green base still has a solid defense. I, I I don't know if I'm fully out on my Eberflus take yet, but I was definitely wrong after week one. Excuse me. I, I, I just think that Green Bay, that Jordan was very, very right about them. I think that they still have a very solid defense, and I think Jordan Love is a lot, lot better than people thought. Uh, and he proved that in week one, put up 38 points in Chicago, where, you know, Chicago people were talking about how this is one of the biggest games in Chicago history. Where, like, if they lose this game, like, this is their fresh start. If they lose this, uh, it's a really, really bad omen for the next couple yeah. of years with Justin Fields. And they get shellacked. So, uh, I'm I'm down on Eberflus right now, and I was definitely wrong coming into week one. I did end up taking the Packers because I thought it was the right bet. Uh, but a lot of season left, a lot of time to make up ground. Uh, so, we'll see where Chicago ends up. But after week one, I was definitely, definitely wrong by Matt Eberflus being coach of the year. I'm going to go out on a win and and say where I was right was that Baker Mayfield's got some juice left in the tank. Okay. Mm. I like that. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if it's because he went 21 for uh 34 with 173 yards and two touchdowns, which is not a horrible stat line at all. Like that's not terrible. I mean, it's a good, decent completion percentage and uh two touchdowns is, is good. And Mike Evans looked great. Um, but man, like Kirk or or am I saying this because Kirk Cousins just sucks? Uh, I think we can go into that later. But you know, this team, the Buccaneers, still have a lot of talent, and I think that was what I was was kind of highlighting going into this weekend was they still have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Evans had six catches for six six yards and a touchdown. Godwin had five for fifty one. Um, I mean, this team still is really, really talented. If Baker Mayfield can be, you know, slightly average or or slightly above average or average, like this team could win the division. Like that's, I guess that's my hot take after week one is that this team has a legit chance to win the division. Um, But I think this game was definitely more, uh, a lot more questions about uh, Minnesota and what what they're doing. But uh, still impressive for Baker Mayfield and the Bucs to go in and and beat Kirk Cousins at Minnesota. No, Baker definitely played better than I expected him to. And the Bucs defense played better than I expected them to because that Vikings offense, um, we we all agreed, was pretty legit top to bottom. So, Zwick, what do you think about uh, the Bucs' chance to win the NFC South? I like... Oh, no, you're not. I like... Baker Mayfield's performance yesterday, but I think it's more of so of the fact that the Vikings defense is really that bad because it was just god awful yesterday. I mean, I like the Buccaneers and I think they are more talented than we've given them credit for, but I really like the Falcons and we can get to that after. But 
I don't see them beating New Orleans or Atlanta just because I think that they're more well-rounded teams. I think uh, their secondary, um, Tampa Bay's secondary has some question marks. But let's talk about the Vikings yesterday. So the Vikings are always kind of a hot topic, especially last year and coming into the season as a big candidate for aggression. And we saw it already. So this could be a slippery slope for the Vikings because last year they absolutely win that game. That's just the game they win. It's a three-point game, one possession at home. Seems like the Vikings, the ball always bounces their way, and it already hasn't. So if I'm a Vikings fan, I'm extremely worried because we have Justin Jefferson over here, looming free agent, and if they don't win a lot of games this year, who knows what could happen. You know, he Yeah, has but what, this- what do you do, though? Like, because is this going to be Kirk's last year too? Like, are they full yeah. rebuild? They could full rebuild. I mean, I don't. Kirk Cousins will not unless the Vikings fuck around and win the Super Bowl. Kirk Cousins will not be a Viking next year. There's no way. Right. So, I don't know. I'm I'm worried if I'm a Vikings fan. The future seems very dim. I know you have the best young receiver in the league, but outside of that, what what do you have really? I mean, Alexander Madison. Um, yeah, <laughs> Addison. Addison looked good. Jordan Addison did look good. I will. I will give them that. Jordan Addison did look good, but the defense is horrible, and losing to Baker Mayfield at home in Week One is a terrible, terrible look. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. And we all picked the Vikings to kind of regress this year. I think did we all pick the Lions to win the, the NFC North? And then I I said Packers have a chance, and Butsy said Bears have a chance, or something like. I definitely said Bears have a chance, uh, (laughs) but I I, I also predicted the Lions to win a playoff game. Right. Yes, yes. You were very high on the Lions. I remember that. Um, I do want to talk. Was Fields underwhelming or was that a fluke or did he did he is he really uh, getting overhyped by a lot of people, including us? Zwick, you can answer that. He was underwhelming. He threw maybe the worst pick I've ever seen. I mean, just right to (laughs) play Walker yesterday. I mean, he just... I I'm I also don't want to give Fields that much blame because I think the play calling was absolutely terrible. They designed no QB power, no design QB runs for him. And if you're not playing to your young quarterback strengths, then that's kind of on the coaching. And but, and that was part of what I was thinking, like why the Bears could have a better season this year is because at the end yeah. of last year, they started to figure that out. And they're like, okay, this kid can fucking run. Like we he can be Lamar Jackson. He doesn't have to be Joe Burrow. And you're completely right. Yesterday, they they did not use the design runs in the same way that they were at the end of last year. So, yeah, so I don't I don't know. He, if, he, he, go ahead. If Chicago is having him drop back and throw it 30, 35 times a game, unless he takes that big passing leap, and I would love for him to do it because I like Justin Fields, but we have to see it. But unless so, unless he takes that leap, it's going to be a long season in Chicago, and that defense is. You know, Minnesota doesn't even have the worst defense in the division because Chicago is in there because Chicago's defense is even worse. So yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, if I had to pick the worst defense in the league, it would be Chicago, but Minnesota is right there too. So I don't know. It's the Bears coaching uh, offseason signings where they spent their money, Justin Fields' arm. It's all looking very dim right now and very questionable. So yeah. Um, okay, let's uh, let's jump into our first real edition of Zwick's Power Rankings. 
we have we have a lot of football to go off of. Obviously, the the Bills and the Jets haven't played yet, so if something crazy happens tonight, uh, this this might look a little bit off, but we're gonna do it anyway. So Zwick, give us your your top ten, and Butsy and I will react. All right. So do we want to start at ten or one? I say we start yeah. at ten. Yeah, let's start at ten. All right. So ten. I know they're about to play tonight, but I have the Jets. Um, we've talked a lot about them this offseason. Really talented. We we kind of know what's going on there. Nine, I have the Bengals. Looked oh. god-awful yesterday. I mean, no excuses. Joe Burrow was terrible. Probably the worst game he's ever played as a professional. Um, I think they had him at three. So six, six, uh, six spot jump down. At eight, I have the Lions. I actually had the Lions at nine and Bengals at eight, but I just switched them because I did, that didn't seem very fair. At seven, I have the Dolphins. Great win yesterday. Defense still has question marks, but I think Jalen Ramsey coming back soon will help. Six, I have the Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence is an MVP candidate, and Calvin Ridley looked spectacular yesterday. I mean, it did not look like someone who hasn't played an NFL game in over two years. Five, I have the Bills. I mean, we'll see how they perform tonight. So that's subject to just subject to change, I guess. Four, I still have the Chiefs because I think that if Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey play, they don't lose to the Lions, and they probably win by two scores. Three, I have the Eagles. They looked underwhelming against the Patriots, but I know how talented that team is, and the Patriots' defense is really fucking good. Two, I have the 49ers. Looked great yesterday. Looked pretty much flawless, and Christian McCaffrey is a monster. Brandon Ayuk is a monster, and Brock Purdy looks good. That defense is obviously, you know, top two maybe maybe one and number one i have the dallas cowboys because they just looked absolutely unstoppable yesterday and embarrassed the giants on that okay and and there it is folks zwick's power rankings after the first sunday of the nfl season we're gonna take a quick break but you get your rebuttals ready and uh oh they're ready oh oh oh, they're ready (laughs) we'll come back in a in a new uh zoom call so we don't run out of time all right so I don't have actually a great deal uh, of, of issues with this list. I know I kind of overreacted at the end of, of the last Zoom, but uh, my my only issue, and I think it's a decent-sized issue, is putting the Chiefs at four. I feel like that's a a bit of an overreaction. Um, I think it's a bit of an overreaction because we still, like, we, we know who they are. Like, if Kelsey comes back and Jones comes back, which we're planning on them doing, they're probably number one still. But I wouldn't have them at one after this week. I think the Cowboys at one's the right pick. I think the Niners at two is the right pick. I would just swap the Chiefs and Eagles, to be honest. I would have the Chiefs at three and the Eagles at four. I know, obviously, the Eagles won and the and the uh, Chiefs didn't. But I still think the Chiefs are obscenely talented uh, when Kelsey and, and Jones are playing. So I, I think that with those two guys back and healthy, which they will be, Hopefully at some point soon they're the best team in the NFL. So I think I would I would have them slotted at three above the Eagles, who actually, by the way, Eagles did not have that like, you know, that impressive of a performance. Like no. they didn't do anything where I was like, wow, like this team is, you know, they're the reigning NFC champions. Like this is why they're the reigning NFC champions. Like they didn't they didn't kind of have that like aha moment for me. So uh, we'll see. Um, I'm definitely still a fan of the chiefs and, and I believe that they're probably the third best team in the NFL in the moment, even with the, their, their looming uh, injuries and, and contract holdout concerns. Yeah. 
so I, I, I would have the Chiefs at one. I don't care that they lost, and I don't care that like the receivers look horrible. I don't even care that Kelsey is somewhat hurt and Chris Jones is holding out because both of those guys are coming back. Kadarius Tony played one of the worst games <laughs> a receiver can play. And if he catches just one of those balls, the Chiefs probably win that game. And oh, by the way, they held what we all thought was a really good Lions offense to 21 points. And none of us really expected the Chiefs defense to be that impactful without Chris Jones. So Patrick Mahomes is like we all know on a tier by himself as a quarterback. Andy Reid is the best coach in the league. They get Kelsey and, and Chris Jones back. They're the best team in the league. So, I mean, I, I guess it makes sense to have them lower right now, but I would certainly have them at one because I, I know where they're headed. My biggest issue, let me think. I, I mean, what? Don't say that there's no chargers. <laughs> no, no, it's not that there's no chargers. Uh, the Ravens could be on here, but I'm not going to make the argument because they looked really bad. I'm honestly going to do one that, that Zwick's going to agree with because I don't think the Bengals deserve to be at nine. I really don't. Um, Joe Burrow didn't play all preseason. He It showed. He looked horrible. But we all know who Joe Burrow is. I think he's earned the right to have a kind of a pass for this game. Like I don't think that that is indicative at all of how Joe Burrow is going to play this season. He just needs to get his feet back under him. Uh, and they went up against a really dominant Browns pass rush. Like Burrow was really... Uh, struggling to have time in the pocket. He really, he he missed a lot of throws, yes, but he also had Miles Garrett in his grill all day. And maybe that says something about the Bengals O-line. Like we know the Bengals O-line is, is not a strength of that team, but to have them below the Lions, uh, to have them below even the Jaguars, like I, I think I would disagree with that. Um, despite how piss poor of a performance that was, I, I wouldn't go uh, full prisoner of the moment all the way down to worse than the lions who I don't think had a, a very impressive win at all. I, I agree. Yeah, I that's agree. fair. Zwick, what do you think about uh, both of those picks chiefs and Bengals? Uh, that's fair. I mean, maybe I was too harsh. Um, watching Joe Burrow just absolutely throw the ball in the dirt, in the rain yesterday <laughs> made me lose my mind. If I'm being honest, it was an excruciatingly hard to watch that offense. Yesterday, but I think the defense is still good and was pretty good for about three and a half quarter or three quarters of that game. So I maybe I was being a little too harsh with the Bengals there. The Chiefs, yes, I just you know the the, the top two were easy for me because I think that they were just so impressive yesterday. And if I was just going off week one, then I had to have those two the top two. Eagles, I can see flipping with the Chiefs. They weren't that impressive, but you know, they did beat a really good defense in the Patriots, but I think they definitely did not look their best at times. So I, I understand the the gripes with the top 10. So you have Dolphins over Jets. Do you think the Dolphins will finish better than the Jets? Or is this just based off of last yesterday? The Dolphins played an unbelievable game. The Jets haven't played yet. Mostly the, the Dolphins offense played an unbelievable game. The Dolphins defense did not. And the Jets haven't played yet, so I haven't had much tape on them. But the Dolphins' defense is not good. I mean, the secondary is really poor. I know Jalen Ramsey isn't playing right now, but it is really hard to watch that secondary. 
So so you do like the Jets over them, but just for the time being, the, the Dolphins yes. are above on the list. Okay. What did we uh what did we all make a uh go ahead, Buzzy? Um quick interjection, the game just started. Aaron Rodgers has thrown the ball three times. He's ended up on the ground three times and is currently injured. Oh my uh, god. Like he's not was... like badly injured. I think he like rolled his ankle or something, but he just got sacked. Yep. And right he now. just he just like rolled his ankle. Like their O line has been Swiss cheese for the first three for the first three of Aaron Rodgers' passes. He has ended up on the ground all three times, and now oh, he's no. has the training staff out to come. Oh, Zwick! Right. Maybe a little bit predictable. <laughs> like, that's why my jaw has been dropping because I'm just like it's literally they snap the ball and and the Bills are in the backfield. You say so. there's a cart coming out for him? No, 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 no. The training staff. He's he's oh. limping off the field as we speak. Oh, good God, Zwick. Maybe. Jets offensive line already looking suspect, and Aaron Rodgers stays down. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> and, and the notification comes in. Where Zwick was wrong. And Zach Wilson <laughs> enters the game for the Jets. Dear this God, should be interesting, no, folks. Zach Wilson is terrible. <laughs> Zwick, let's, uh, let's, let's talk more about these rankings. That's that's crazy. I mean, it's not that crazy because we knew their, their O-line was Swiss cheese. Did you not watch Hard Knocks, Zwick? Come on. But uh, <laughs> what did you make of Lamar Jackson and the Ravens' performance yesterday? Because I was not impressed at all, and that was one of my teams that I was like, this team is low. No, I, I wasn't impressed at all either. I mean, Lamar kind of, if we want to, like Lamar won MVP four years ago now, basically, and hasn't really looked like that ever since. Obviously, an elite, elite quarterback, top six, seven consensus quarterback at the at the least. But he just something about it. I don't know. He just doesn't look great a lot of times, and a lot of times he looks insanely good. But he threw one really bad pick yesterday and fumbled the ball away yesterday, and just didn't really seem like himself against the terrible Texans defense. So yeah, Zay Flowers looked awesome. Ravens offense as a whole looked good. You know, the I thought the running J, J.K. Dobbins before he went down looked really good, and Zay Flowers looked good, but Lamar just seems to be struggling. And yeah, if they're struggling against Texans defense, then I don't know, it's gonna be yeah. And they, they were also their defense played a very good game, mostly because the Texans offense is not good, so they were in good field position all day. Uh, twenty five points was not that impressive, so the the twenty five to nine victory did not sway me at all. I would Score I would have the Ravens down down on the power rings as well. But uh I do want to take a quick victory lap. So let's say I was wrong at least for the first week I was wrong on the Chargers and the Ravens. I was right on the Packers. I think I was right on Bryce Young. Uh Bryce Young is not he's not the guy, man. He's not going to be this like number 1 pick, one of the best prospects ever. Like he was he threw two terrible picks and they were the same pick yes he's young yes he's gonna get better he also had a terrible completion percentage and they put up 10 points uh 20 for 38 146 yards two picks he made some nice plays he he throws a beautiful ball um i can see why people really like him but goddamn, i think anthony richardson over bryce young might age over the season as my best take of the year yeah ar looked good I was impressed with him. He looked really good. I know he got knocked out of the game at the end, but he looked really good. He threw with confidence and with poise, and he looked comfortable. Bryce Young looked nervous 
I will agree with you. Yeah, I'm definitely not giving up after one week. And I'm definitely not calling him not the guy after one week. <laughs> but he did look nervous, and that makes me nervous. But a lot of rookie QBs look nervous in week one. So you, I'm not worried. Are you cool with this, like, lackadaisical two-step weird drop back? It's weird, right? It's it is so yes. unorthodox. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, like, it looks cool. It looks really cool. <laughs> but it's weird. He just kind of lollygags around in the pocket and, you know, just kind of slings it. Yeah. It looks really Anthony, like professional and like way too cool for school. Yeah. Yeah. Anthony Richardson also, he looked good. He's clearly in a much better situation for him than Bryce is. Uh he looked great on the ground. His I think he landed one touchdown pass and it was a screen. And then he ran one and he looked great on the ground. I thought his decision making was good. He missed a couple throws, but that was expected. Butsy, did I sway you? Is is Anthony Richardson? Was he the right pick over Bryce Young? Not yet. Uh, I'm more on the Zwick train where it's like, I'm not going to jump ship on, on Bryce Young yet. Um, while he made some bad mistakes, he also kind of had some some decent throws and, and, and looked like, you know, had flashes of being a solid quarterback. We got to remember who he's throwing to, guys. Like, he's not throwing to elite weapons. He's throwing to Hayden Hurst was his favorite target. Like Hayden yeah, Hurst, he's in a terrible situation, no denying it. But he still he, looked bad. He looked bad, but it's like the weapons that are around Anthony Richardson and and what they're doing around him is a lot better than what Carolina has. Like the, I I think it's the situation. Like in my opinion, I feel like a lot of um a lot of quarterbacks, especially early in their career, are products of their environment. Like, remember when we were talking about how Trevor Lawrence could be one of the biggest busts? Yep. Like, just a few years ago when he was fucking barely winning games with Urban Meyer. Then all of a sudden, Doug Peterson comes in and he's an MVP, legit MVP candidate. So it's like, it's really, really difficult to judge off of week one. And and even in the first few years, because I feel like a lot of quarterbacks are, you know, prisoners of what they have around them. Like Hayden, if you Hayden Hurst, who's an aging tight end, is your favorite target and granted he was pretty solid like that's that's a really big issue that's a really really big problem um you know miles sanders and then they have this guy i, I, I can't even name any of these other receivers jonathan mingo adam terrence Thielen. marshall jr jonathan mingo they have lavisca they have lavisca yep. chenault adam Thielen DJ, had DJ two Chark catches yeah chubba hubbard like getting carted off okay that's not good that's not that's not good that's not, um that's but not. yeah I, I just i just like what anthony richardson has and i think he'll be better because of it but in the long term like uh, if anthony richardson gets drafted to carolina i feel like the same thing happens week one you know where they he doesn't have an impressive performance and bryce young probably performs better for the colts and we're all asking ourselves wow was uh was you know anthony richardson the wrong pick at one you know that, Maybe. That, that's yeah. my take on it that's my we'll take. See. That's my take. I I think Richardson has a higher ceiling, and I think in the NFL you need high ceiling guys to win a Super Bowl, and I think it's worth the risk. So we'll see on Bryce Young. He's also I still have the injury concern. He's tiny, um, but I think at least this year, for now, uh, I might look like a genius with with this take. Not a genius, but I might look kind of smart. Buzzy, did you have any other issues with Zwick's power rankings? Did you want to see the Packers on here? Did you want to see the Chargers, the Ravens on here? Did you, did you want to see, see the Packers? Did you want to see the Packers, <laughs> Ravens, and Chargers on there? I feel like it's really difficult to put the Chargers on there. 
I, I really do. I feel like it's difficult to put the Chargers on there. I, I understand they had an impressive offensive performance, but anybody's going to be able to do that against Miami's defense, in my opinion. And the Chargers couldn't stop a fucking nosebleed. So yeah. I, I don't really understand how they fall in the top 10, especially uh, with teams like the Lions, who kind of put together a, a decent, like a better overall performance. I know it wasn't the most convincing win, but it was still a really solid performance. You're not going to put them over the Bengals, who, you know, had a disappointing game, but they're still the Bengals. And, and you know, I feel like the rust that we're seeing from Burrow is because of – is a result of him not playing in the preseason. Uh, the Ravens had a lot of hype coming into this year. Jordan, I know you're really high on them, but they had a fucking really unimpressive win. Lamar looked really tough. Uh, and then the Packers, I mean, it's too early to put the Packers in, but they're a team that could be, that could be sneaking into that top 10 within a couple weeks for sure. Zwick, who, who are the honorable mentions here if you had like four or five? Or three or four. Honorable mentions would be like the Chargers, probably the Ravens, definitely. Probably the and Patriots like, too. Maybe, yeah. I was gonna say maybe the Patriots. Okay, so, let's talk. We have a lot to talk about. Are you guys good to stick around for like a little bit longer? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. We okay. Have nothing I, to do. I, I have two Zach more games Wilson I want to talk about. Time, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Zach Wilson. If it was Rogers, we we would wrap it up. But okay, where are we on the Browns? I thought Watson looked fucking horrible. And I know it was really rainy and both quarterbacks looked horrible, but Watson, he couldn't get the ball to to certain guys like he was he was leaving balls way underthrown. That surprised me a little bit. Not not a ton because he didn't look good last year, Um, but that defense looked great. Obviously, I don't think they're going to look that great. They're not going to hold teams to three points all year. Um, But yeah, I'm, I'm low on Watson. But man, that Browns defense is pretty good. So I, I'm kind of confused with this Browns team. Where are you guys at? Are they honorable mention worthy for for top ten? Are they maybe like twelve, thirteen range? Yeah, I, I I think so. I mean, how can you not be with that defense, right? I mean, it was literally it literally felt like you know we were watching that game. That was kind of the one game that was on our TV while we had red zone on the other. Pretty you know subtle flex. Uh, we had two TVs going. Um. <laughs> And it felt like every time the Bengals snapped the ball, the, uh, the Browns were in the backfield. Like, it just felt like immediate snap pressure. Snap, immediate pressure. Like, it was just, it, it felt, it, it, that's just kind of what it felt like. And yeah, despite Watson looking that bad, I don't think he looked that bad going forward. He looked a lot better, in my opinion, from a physical perspective Agreed. than he did towards the end of last year. Uh, obviously, he had the rushing touchdown, and he looked a lot more comfortable in the pocket. He moved about the pocket well. Uh, extended play with his, plays with his legs very well. So from a physical perspective, I think he looks much better. Uh, from a quarterback perspective, I don't know if you want to blame the rain. I don't know if you want to blame whatever factor you want, but I think he's going to get a lot of those stuff, a lot of those issues ironed out after this week. Um, and we have to remember that it's week one and, and no team is is nowhere near their peak uh, performance. So we'll see going forward how, how he looks passing the ball, but um, – he it's not like he has the best weapons to throw to either. Like we said, the like when we were watching the game, Chubb looked like their entire offense, whether it was yeah, swing passes out of the backfield or Chubb just breaking off 15, 20 yard runs. Like it literally felt like he does every time he touches the ball. Uh, he looked like their entire offense. I know Amari Cooper looked good uh, and Watson missed him a ton, but I feel like that he'll be able to get it to Cooper. But besides that, outside of that, like what are you going to throw to people's Jones? You know, see, so like, I, I actually think they have enough weapons because their run game is good enough. I think 
Amari's very good. I like what they're doing with Elijah Moore, and Njoku's a solid option as well. So I don't mind their weapons. I'm just low on Deshaun, and I it's maybe it's unfair because he played in the same game as Burrow, but Burrow, we know how good Burrow is. Deshaun showed us for, what, six games that he played last year, or however many games he played last year, that he was not the same guy. So, Zwick, where are you at uh, panic meter-wise with Deshaun Watson? Is, is he going to figure this out? Was it just a monsoon? As a Bengals fan, I really hope he doesn't figure it out, but I, <laughs> I I think he probably will. I mean, we saw a lot of balls bounce at receivers' feet yesterday. Yeah. Feet. feet. And I think, yeah, the rain was definitely a factor. I think it affected Joe Burrow a lot, too. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen Joe Burrow play that bad. So I think the rain hurt a lot. But, yeah, I think Deshaun will figure it out. He said after the game that he felt a lot better. I was night and day this week one and the last six games of last year. So I think he'll figure it out. And I think this Browns team is going to be really good. I hate to say it, but their defense is just a problem. Their defensive line is really, really good. And if they're getting that much pressure, it can make a pretty mid secondary look really good. So, yeah, agreed. All right. Last game. And then we'll go get to watch Zach Wilson play, play a little bit. Um, Rams Seahawks, Matt mother freaking Stafford looks like he is back in Super Bowl winning form 24 for 38 334 yards no touchdowns no picks but my god did he look good throwing the ball uh and they don't even have Cooper Cup they they got this guy Puka Nakua was their was their leading receiver he looked like Cooper Cup by the way he had 10 catches for 119 Tutu Atwell had six for 119 Tyler Higby had three for 49 uh this Rams team we all thought was gonna suck I think I I don't remember exactly, but I was higher on the Rams than most, but I was not higher on the Rams than I was on the Seahawks. The, the, the These Rams might be like a playoff team, I don't, and, and the Seahawks might be a complete flop because a lot of people were high on the Seahawks. I, I've seen people pick the Seahawks to go to the NFC Championship. I mean, they have a good roster, but my God, what what did we make of this game? Because this was this, this was as far from expected as I would have thought. Yeah, the the Ram Matthew Stafford did look awesome yesterday. I was really shocked. I thought Father Time was going to catch up with him, and it was kind of going to be like, uh, I think it was twenty twenty Drew Brees, like kind of like a noodle arm season, like just really hard to watch. But he looked awesome yesterday, and the Rams' offense looked awesome. So if Sean McVay can turn Puka Nakua into, you know, a hundred twenty yard receiver game, then it's going to be a really good offense and the defense looked like they overachieved a lot yesterday. I don't know if that was Seattle's offense just struggling, but the defense looked really good. And I, people lot, talk about that defense, like having no players that would start no on one. other teams. They have no <laughs> one but Aaron Donald and somehow they looked great yesterday. So I don't, who some, the Rams were overachieving already in week one, and they might continue to overachieve once their best player comes back. Well, their second best player comes back. So I'm I'm surprised with the Rams, and I'm really disappointed in the Seahawks. They I thought they looked really poor yesterday, really flat, like really one-dimensional. Like Geno did not look like he was last year, and Jackson Smith and Jigba didn't really look as explosive as I had hoped he would. So maybe it's still the injury lingering, but I'm a little worried about the Seahawks, but I'm not going to overreact because it's only week one. But that was not how I thought yesterday's game would go at all. 
Is it overreaction time, Butsy? I I'm closer to overreacting than underreacting on both yeah. these teams. Yeah, I I I'm I 100% agree. I feel like there's some games that are kind of worth overreacting on, and others that you kind of take with a grain of salt based on certain conditions. This is one that I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm very close to overreacting on. Who the hell is Kyren Williams? Can we talk about this dude for a sec. He's I, a dog. Everyone, everyone thought Cam Akers was going to be the guy, and all of a sudden, Kyren Williams, who's 5'9", 194 out of Notre Dame, he got drafted, uh, I believe, two years ago, or this is my PS second year in the NFL. Uh, he had two touchdowns yesterday, uh, fifteen carries for fifty-two yards and two touchdowns, uh, taking the load away from Cam Akers. So, I don't know who this guy is. It's it's crazy. I think that Matt Stafford played that well. 28 for 30 or 24 for 38 with 334 and didn't throw a touchdown. All of their touchdowns were on the ground, which is kind of insane if you think about it. But I thought this team looked really good. I I, I was very impressed. He looked like he had a fucking legit arm, uh, was yep. making plays outside of the pocket as well. Um, kind of some on the run back shoulder stuff where he was just, you know, putting the ball on the money, whizzing the ball on the money. He looked really, really impressive. Um, so I think I'm but but if we're talking about overreactions, I think I'm ready to overreact, more ready to overreact on the Rams being good than I am the Seahawks being trash. Uh I I Seahawks this could have been a fluke, but we know what they did last year. We know kind of that team's identity. They didn't really make any changes, like any considerable amount of changes to the roster. Uh I, I think this team is still gonna be good. Uh I think we saw a fluke out of them in week one, but I do think the Rams prove something about prove something yeah. the whole league on Sunday. Yeah, and if anything, the Seahawks improved their roster from last year, which is why a lot of people are high on them. So I'm I'm with you. I think the Seahawks not as good as we expected probably. Maybe Gino takes a little bit of a step back and he was just red hot. I mean, we see that in sports a lot where players are just on these crazy streaks. Nick Foles had one of the best playoff runs we've ever seen. Like maybe Gino was just in a zone and he's not quite as good as we thought he was. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I couldn't agree more with that. I, I think the Rams are just a lot better than everyone was giving them credit for. Um, and shout out to Colin Coward because he's the one person in the media who I saw like hyping up the Rams and saying that they were going to be good when everyone else was picking them to be one of the worst teams in the league. So we'll see how that ages. I mean, it's only week one, but that was certainly an impressive win. Stafford's arm was there. His mobility was there. So man, it it, it could be a, a successful season in Los Angeles and not for the chargers. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if the Rams finish better than the chargers do yeah i mean dude that the thing i didn't take into account and bill simmons talked about a lot and i was just like ah that's nothing is the chargers have no fans nobody goes to their games it was a dolphins home game they had had robot fans they're making robot fans to generate like some presence in the stadium and when whenever the chargers were on offense the stadium was louder like because of all the Dolphins fans that were there. So yeah. I don't know how I, how loud was that stadium at the end of the game when the Chargers had an opportunity to go down and kick a field goal because the Dolphins missed, missed the extra point. If they had a chance to come down and win and kick a field goal, they had some time. But I was I was shocked to hear how loud that stadium was. I thought yeah. you thought they would have been in Miami. I don't even know if they get that loud in Miami <laughs> when it's a Dolphins home game. I don't even know if the if the Dolphins fans are that loud. It was insane. It was fucking popping. The the Chargers, that that franchise, that might need a new city because that is. It should have never moved as San Diego. That's not a 
that's not a home field advantage at all. They need to go somewhere else. I don't know. Maybe San Diego, but who knows? Go that back. wasn't that wasn't great either. All right. Do you guys have any, anything else you want to talk about, or should we go watch Josh Allen? Yeah, uh, I mean, we're definitely not watching Aaron Rodgers. That guy is <laughs> is is out. Uh, let's see if I want to talk about any more of these games. Bad. They're frisky think- bad. <laughs> they <laughs> are Zwick. Zwick, you were kind of muted. Say say that again for the people. The Cardinals are frisky bad. They okay. they're terrible, but they're a little frisky after yesterday. They they weren't terrible. I mean, they're they're awful, but they weren't terrible. <laughs> <laughs> they're awful, but not terrible. Okay. Yeah. The the Commanders maybe not as good as we thought, or the Cardinals maybe just not. better than we thought. No, I no no. I think the Commanders. <laughs> Just we thought Sam Sam Howell looked pretty mid yesterday. He did yeah. not as good as I thought he would be, but I don't know. Cardinals might win two, three games. You That'd did originally have them oh and seventeen. I so think any... I I think there's a good chance they go oh and seventeen, but I think though I don't think that's I think that's really hard to do. Like it's really hard to lose every single game. I think realistically, I think they'll win two games, but it would just be so funny if they went oh and seventeen. <laughs> I think that they might have the worst head coach in the league. The the head coach that I would want to play for the least, yeah. at least. Oh, for sure. <laughs> from from what I've seen. That okay, guy, like like Zwick says, that guy can't get me motivated to to make a sandwich. <laughs> no, um, are we are we overreacting on the Steelers? Are they fucked or are the Niners just filthy? The Niners. Uh, Niners are filthy. Um, there's a reason. Zwick, you had them second in your power rankings. Yeah, there's a reason for that. There's there's definitely a reason for that, and in Zwick's power rankings are the correct power rankings uh, after every week. It's true. By the way, just just so we're clear. Um, no, I I think the Niners are filthy. The weapons are are absurd. Uh, Brock Purdy is legit. That, that's pretty much it. I mean, Purdy like, sucks. Purdy looks really good, and and you know what the thing is too. Like, we went from the Cowboys. We kind of like we're going into the season, kind of you know thinking and talking about how the Cowboys and the Niners are still like they're, they're missing something to take that jump to make the Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl. But after week one and, and kind of how the Eagles stumbled a little bit, they look like the two best teams in the NFC and look like they could win a Super Bowl. Like, I know that could be a huge overreaction too. It's but, not. Uh, yeah. I mean, like they look like they could win a Super Bowl after week one. And, and yeah. even with the Niners having Brock Purdy and everyone's like, Oh, they can't win with Brock Purdy. Blah 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 blah. I I still think that they that they could. I really do. I think his what the weapons that good. I think he's jump. Brock Purdy's gonna make a huge jump individually this year, um, which is gonna help them a lot. And obviously their defense is sick. Uh, yep. Broncos country. It's Ooh. not right. Broncos country. Yeah, they looked a little better, but at the end of the day, you're you are what your record is, and you are what however many points you score on offense. They still had. <laughs> 16 if 16 another 16. another week yep. where they hold a team to 17 and lose if they could <laughs> More have scored for that 18 stat. points every single week <laughs> they'd be like the best team in the nfl <laughs> yeah so can't. i don't know sean payton onside kick just wanted to <laughs> make that it about guy, him i guess i don't know that guy is on something else like he in the week like leading up to the to kickoff there was i don't know if you saw this jordan there were like a couple news reports about him being like uh, I don't care. Like I come off as an asshole or something like that. Like I am an asshole. Like he's yeah. trying to really like just turn this team around through pure motivation. 
uh, and, and, and just kind of being a douche and being a dick. And that works sometimes. Uh, it's not, might not be working here. Uh, he's a little ambitious at the moment and, and it kind of hurt him. Um, yeah. But tell me if this is the most Jimmy G stat line you've ever heard. Uh, 20 for, t- or yeah, 20 for 26, 200 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. That sounds like it was like his DraftKings line. <laughs> yeah, literally sounds like exactly what you'd expect out of Jimmy Garoppolo every yeah. week. And Russ, by the way, had a ridiculously good first half. I think he was like he he missed like one completion uh, and yeah. then not as good the second half. Only 177 yards for the game, two touchdowns. So he looked better. It's hard to look worse than Russ did last year, but still, like I said, 16 points. The run game was not there. Uh, only 94 yards total rushing and 177 throwing. So that they have a lot of figuring out to do, especially because that Raiders team, we none of us really truly believe in, even though uh, Jacoby Myers, by the way, kind of prayers up to him. He got he got clocked pretty bad, but he had a great game. Uh, him and Devontae yeah. looked great. Um, great yeah, Zwick's computer died. Mine's about to die. We're going to wrap it up. This was a mega episode. We will be back hopefully Thursday with a Thursday night preview and Jordan's QB tears. All right. (laughs) Thank you for listening. We'll be back soon. Peace.